Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. Today, I have with me Randy Crane. Now, Randy is affectionately known as the fearless marketer, is a nationally acclaimed sales and marketing expert with over 40 years of experience with a variety of global brands and startups. He is passionate about leadership and emotional marketing strategies that deliver real value to customers and impact businesses. Randy is a mentor, a visionary, and a true master of his craft, inspiring others to reach for greatness and achieve their dreams. Randy, welcome to the show. Jenny, thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Now you and I got to have a quick little chat before we got started and we had not met before we hopped on Zoom. No. You're already one of my favorite people on earth. (laughs) You're one of mine, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We got started chatting and I was like, okay, wait, nope, we got to stop. We got to record this because this, what you're talking about is gold. But let's start because in your bio, you talk about, it says that you've got 40 years of marketing experience. Can you give us the in a nutshell history of Randy Crane and marketing? Man, I'll tell you something. I'm 64 years old. And uh, so some of the things are that are way back are a little faded. I hope you understand. I get it. I've been, I've been doing marketing for 43 years. As a matter of fact, I was going to be a priest. Oh, wow. I know, eh? <laughs> and uh, I was actually about six weeks away from taking my vows as a priest. And uh, because, you know what, I was always in, into sales and marketing. And I always figured being a priest is probably the best, the biggest marketing gig in the world. Right. Okay. And anyways, I started asking my bishop to give her questions that you don't really ask the church. We kind of both decided that it would be better for me to take uh, some time off from my vocation. <laughs> and uh, so I went back to school, learned a little bit about marketing, and uh, began marketing with major corporations. Yeah. And uh, I was the VP of marketing for a beer company in Canada and uh, also for a convention center in Canada. And I found out that when you're near the top, I was hired by the uh, president of the beer company, and uh, they fired him after six years. And they hired a new guy, and they wanted to bring in his own people. So, of course, my contract got cut. Yeah. Okay. So after that happened, again, with the um, the convention company, I figured, oh, oh get that. Okay, if I'm going to get and, I'm going to get and at my own and, not at somebody else. Right. So I uh, developed my own marketing firm. And, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I was there, and I told you this in, in the pre-call, that um, during, I came in during the 80s when newspaper and 
TV ads and radio and magazines were all the all the crate. Mm-hmm. I was there at the late 90s when it all. Yeah. Okay. The big ad agencies started going under. And I was there when digi- the digital world started. And I'm so fortunate because I was able to adapt. Yeah. Back in the 80s, I realized that computerization was going to be a huge deal. Uh, so I started studying computers on my own. And today I'm. At 64, I'm very literate. In That's awesome. So I've been very fortunate with that. And so when the digital age came up, I was very adaptable. Okay? Yeah. But you know, the one thing is about marketing is that uh, marketing is not about ads. And it's not about um, uh, websites. And it's not about any of it. It's about connecting with people. And it's Ooh. about connecting with people on an emotional level. Yes. Oh, okay. I want people to hit the the rewind button. Listener right now, hit the rewind button like twice and listen to that again. Say it again, Randy. That was so good. Marketing is about connecting with people on an emotional level. Okay. okay. Yeah. So how do we do that nowadays? How do okay. how can we connect emotionally? With people, our potential clients. You know what? Everybody believes that you start by social media. Use, I open a business, got to get a website. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We got to start selling. Okay. In marketing, in the world of, of, in the world of every, okay. You don't start with social media. You end with social media. You don't start with a website, you end with a website. You don't start by selling, you end by selling. Yes. Okay? And what I mean by that, just so that they make it very clear, is that if I decide that, hey, I'm going to get into hmm, the coffee business today, okay? Right. Well, what do I really know about coffee? Well, I work for a coffee company. Okay, well, great. You work for a coffee Okay? That doesn't make you an authority on thought. Right. Okay. Learn your product and learn how you adapt to your product. And then, and only then, are you in a position that you can explain to somebody else. Because if you're not passionate about what you do, and Jenny, I told you, I get up every morning. I come to my desk. This is my favorite layout. Mm. Okay. I got three computer screens in front of me. I got my keyboard here. I got my microphone somewhere. Okay. But man, I'll tell you, this is my plate. Yeah. Okay. And I'm passionate about what I do so that when I do marketing for somebody, I'm excited about who they are. I'm excited about their story. Okay. Yeah. And you see, most people, they'll turn around and they'll say, well, you know, and I, I'm going to use network marketing as, as an, an example here. Well, geez, tell me, how did you get into that business? Oh, well, you know, my friend down the street, he, uh, he's making like $10,000 a month and he showed me the business and, and uh, I want to make $10,000 a month too. Okay. You're not passionate. Yep. You're not passionate about your business. You know, in the pre-call, you and I were talking, I said, you know, uh, well, geez, I could be so happy if I had a million dollars. Wrong. 
You'd just be a miserable person with a million dollars. Truth. Money Hashtag does not truth. make you happy. Money does not make you happy. Mm-mm. Okay. And, you know, it's funny. It, it, my mother told me that story when I was young, as I'm sure your mother told you that too. And I never really understood it until probably the last 10 years ago. Mm. Okay. Because money doesn't make you happy. You make you happy. And happiness is a choice. I agree. Okay. So marketing, if you're passionate about what you do and you love who you are, it's radiant. You know, it's like you and I, you know, it's chemistry. Yeah. Okay. I got, I didn't know you when I got on the, uh, on the call there. Okay. But man, I'll tell you, I love you. I think you're, you're awesome. Ah, oh, thank There's you. Chemistry. I feel the same way. There's chemistry. Right. Well, I think it's because we both, like you said, we both have that passion and we've yeah. both made the choice to be happy. We like, I do not go through life unhappy. I'm almost always smiling. I'm always laughing. I've literally had podcast listeners hear my laugh yeah. and come up and introduce themselves to me because they're like, I heard you laugh from across the room and it took me a minute to figure out who you were. But then I realized that you're the host of the show that I listen to. Oh, you know what? And I'll I tell laugh. you something. I love your laugh. <laughs> Thank okay? you. You know, and, and you know, laughing is contagious. It is. Okay. Laughing is contagious. So for me, when I'm doing marketing with people, I want people to feel what I feel. Mm. Okay. Yeah. If I love my product and I love what it does, I want you to love it too. I don't care whether you buy it. Right. I just want you to love it. And you see, people look at me, they go, oh, my God, you're so, like, uh, woo-woo. But you know what? It's that woo-woo that nobody talks about. Right. It's the woo-woo that nobody talks about. Okay? Well, just, and think about it, too. Woo means to love. That's right. Oh, yeah. Mind blown. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Being woo-woo means, like, Double love. <laughs> you see, I want people to feel what I feel. Right. Okay. So, yeah, and I just a little history here. I, I grew up in a household with my father was, uh, you know, don't you cry because if you do cry, I'm going to give you something. Right. Uh-huh. That was my father. Men were men and men don't cry. Right. Women are weak and, and. You know, I grew up in that, all that crappy stuff. Yeah. And none of it is true. None of it is true. Right. You know, humans are emotional creatures. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. Whether you happen to be a female or a male, it doesn't matter. Human beings are emotional creatures and they connect with other emotional creatures on an emotional level. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's when you connect with someone, falling in love. Remember what that feels like? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like you're on cloud night. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. These are choices that we make. Well, you know what? Business is, okay. It can be. 
It can be, but you don't have to be. Yeah. A business is not human. A business, it's like people who do use ChatGPT. ChatGPT is a machine. Mm-hmm. Okay? And humans don't connect with machines. They connect with other humans. Okay? Yep. So these people who think that they're going to write their entire memoirs using ChatGPT in 35 minutes are out of their mind. Right. Okay. And, and just so your audience knows, I've used ChatGPT extensively. Okay. And I think it's fine for creating ideas. Yes. But it sucks for creating anything more than three or 400 words in a blog article. Yeah. I mean, it just becomes very plain, very boring. Yeah. Okay. And I think part of the reason that so many people are impressed with it is because it does write better than a vast majority of people can write. <laughs> okay, just, I'll give you that. I, you know, like, because I'm not going to lie. I have to, I have played around with it. And when I played with it, I was like, I wonder how smart this is. So I said, okay, you know, the prompt I gave it was act like a podcast host. And do an episode about ADHD and direct sales. Okay. And it gave a very good short, probably three to five minute-ish, maybe four, four and a half minute-ish episode about ADHD and direct sales. It was good, but it did not sound like me. No. But then when you can give it additional prompts, so for example, I told it, well... Me being me, I told it to curse and it was like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> so it won't add curse words. Okay. So, but I did say. Those have to be put in manually. Yeah, they have to be put in manually. So I, so I was like, okay, so no curse words. So I said, make it sassy. And it took the same content, added some sass to it. And I was like, now that's a little closer to me. Still not an episode that I would do, but really close. It Like. I could definitely take it as a skeleton yeah. of an episode, sure. but it's up to me to flesh it out and make it look like look like me, sound like me, and make it mine. Because here are you. It's a yeah. It's an idea, like you said. It's an idea. It, but it's not the end all be all of the perfection of podcast episodes for sure. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things that I suffer with, and I don't want to deviate from the original topic. Sure. Um, one of the things that I, I always have a problem with is blank. Yeah. Okay. I, I suffer with that like terrible. Uh, I'll sit there and stare at it, stare at it. Okay. Yep. Hoping that something is going to. And um, I've learned to dictate my oh, thoughts. Yeah. So that helped me a little bit. So when I Jack GBT came along, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll dictate my thoughts on Jack GBT, see how that works. And so it'll be like something like, you know, write, write a few paragraph blog article or intro to this subject. Mm. And that way it gets words on my page. And then I could start going from there. But gotcha. I just found that, you know, by the time I use ChatGPT and then modify it and read it again, modify it, read it again, modify it, read it again, keep doing that over and over and over again, it's quicker for me just to write it. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, jumping back. So let's get back to the emotional marketing piece or the, um, you know, uh, the emotion that's being left out of marketing. 
how can so let's assume that this is the first time that a network marketer is hearing this as an idea for marketing their business. How do you begin to bring emotions into your marketing to begin to attract the right people to you? You start with you. You know, there are a thousand different products that are available through network marketing. Mm -hmm. And you and I had a conversation about that earlier. I used to be in the Amway and I've been in legal field for about the last seven years. Fantastic. I am a director in legal. And um, I can tell you that if you got into the business because of the money, you probably better to find another business. Yeah. Or sit down with product and learn to either love them or get rid of them. Yeah. You see, you can't sell something you're not passionate about, okay? Yeah. You know, I remember uh, when I first got out of school, I went to work for a uh, brokerage house. I used to work for Goldman Sachs. And uh, I won't go through the whole story, but there was a guy who used to walk around the floor, you know, get on the phone, get on the phone. You're not making commissions sitting there. You got to get on the phone, close sales. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is back in the 80s, right? So this was very common. Yeah. Uh, you know, they use terms like, you know, uh, FAB, you know, features, advantage, benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, ABC, you know, always be closed. You know? Yep. And those rudiments were always structured in such a way that if you did this, this is what would happen. If you did this, this. Right. And it was a poor way of, of, of generating sales, but that came out of the uh, the turn of the industry in the 60s. Okay. Uh, today, it's a whole different game. We, this guy would walk around and he would get on the phone and I kept trying to close sales and close sales. I couldn't close. And one day I got on the phone with a guy and he sat there and he told me about his wife and he told me about his kids and he told me about his business. And he told me how he travels all the time, blah, blah, blah. I got his name. You know, he gave me his phone number. He was like really nice guy. And I closed him for $150,000 investment. Hmm. And That's the guy a lot in the over, 80s. It was. And um, the guy, the floor manager comes over. He says, you know, what clothes did you use to close them? Did you hammer them hard? And I said, no, man. I, he said, well, what did you do? I said, I just listened. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, I learned two valuable things from that experience. Why? Great salespeople don't buy. Great salespeople listen. Mm. And the other thing I learned from that was that people would respond in you as a person. Not to you as a salesman. Everybody in the world loves to buy, but nobody likes to be sold. Amen to that. Absolutely. And, you know, I find this with network marketers. You know, they, the company set you up. They set you up. They mm-hmm. said, go, tell you, go sell your mother and your brother and your, your cousin and your Aunt Aggie. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Go sell them the product. Excuse me. And uh, go sell them. Now, that works out great for the company because they're selling more product. Yep. But the people that are buying the product, they're buying it from you because of you. Yep. Okay. The company gets rich because they have a million people doing what you're doing. You go broke because you're not making enough money to pay your bill. Right. So what you want to be able to do as a network marketer is to move one step beyond that. Okay, me, I don't sell my cousins, my Aunt Agnes, and I don't sell I don't sell my friends, I don't sell my Eddie. I don't sell any. And uh when somebody comes along and they say, Well, you know what, I need a lawyer, I say, Well, you know, have you ever looked at legal? Oh no, I never what is what it is. Oh yeah, okay, great, bye. Because mm-hmm. it needs for the product. Right. And I don't care whether you buy it or you don't. If you choose to buy it, that's on you. Right. Okay. And then you'll say, well, how do you make money doing that? Well, what happens is you build your network, your circle of influence. Your circle of influence is your network of people. So you and I were talking in the pre-call, and I said, and I told you I was part of the legal. I said, you ever heard of legal show? Yeah, of course. I said, great. You know what? Maybe if you have something you're interested in, you'll call me. Say, right. hey, Rain, you know, can I get into legal show? Yeah. Sure you can. And that's how it is. Right. We sell based on our emotion and our passion for who we are. It's who you are and who I am that creates that chemistry. Yeah. It has nothing to do with So when people, you know, they talk about, uh, and I'm sure you've heard this, you know, we have the best cream or the best lotion and potion and, uh, and you know they use words like uh, "alamine" and uh, and all these long words that nobody that took you a day to figure out what they what they how to say. <laughs> it. Okay, this yeah. is techno babble, and techno babble does not work. No. Okay, what Agreed. it does is it alienates your customer. Okay, mm-hmm. where you could have just as easily said, you know what, I put this on my face and it just feels great. Mm-hmm. If you want to try it, I can set you up. I'm not talking about money. Nope. I'm not talking about, hey, try it. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, that's okay, too. Okay? And people will respect that. But it's your passion for what you do that makes right. the difference. Absolutely. And people can sense that. Because it's going to oh. come across in the language that you use, it's going to come across in the way that you behave around people. It's it's going to be in the body language when you're talking to people. Oh, yeah. It's all of those things. And so I want to take our the badass crew back to the beginning when you said you don't start with the website. You don't start with social media. It starts yeah. with you. This whole time we've been talking about what is your passion for your product? What is your passion for your company? What is your passion for what you are doing? Because that honestly, I can say that's how I built my number one team in my business. Yeah, I had a passion for the jewelry. I had a passion for the confidence 
that it brought to the women that I was working with. I had a passion for the business and what it was doing for me and what it was doing for my team. Absolutely. You know, and I was happy to share it. And hey, if it wasn't for you, totally great. That's fine. Not a problem. I was completely detached from the answer because it wasn't about me. It was about what was best for the person sitting across from me. Absolutely right. And you see, when you do that, understand that the person you're talking to, chances are they live in fear. Mm. Okay? Yep. And when I say fear, most people live from one fear to another. Okay? Mm. Let me okay. explain. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, let's dig in on that one a little bit. <laughs> okay. I was reading an article about six months ago, and they were saying that uh, 82% of all Americans are hate the job they leave. Mm, Why do they hate their job? They stay in their job because they're afraid. So they're afraid of being at work. They're afraid of not being at work. They're afraid of quitting their job. What would my wife say? Oh my God. What will, how would I feed my kids? How would I do this? How would I, do, oh, I need a new car. Oh my God, I can't afford a new car. Yeah. Okay. So when I say people jump fear to fear, with little increments of comfort during the day, little bits of comfort during the day. I have a very good friend of mine, and he uh, he's retired, and what he does is he watches the news at 6 o'clock, and then he watches the news at 11 o'clock to see if anything has really changed, <laughs> and then he watches it at 8 o'clock the next morning, Okay. My friend Jimmy just continually lives in fear. Yeah. And, you know, Biden's doing this and uh, Santos is doing that. And, oh, my God, what if, the, what if this happens or what if that happens? The pandemic. You got to say more. Right. Uh, the whole, the entire United States lived in fear. In Canada, it was even worse. Okay. Right. So most people live in fear. From the time they get up to the time they go to bed, but they have little increments of confidence throughout the day, and those little increments of confidence is what keeps them going. Now, the question comes is, fear is a choice. Fear is a choice. Fear is a habit. It's a habit that's been created through a lifetime of no's, a lifetime of disappointments, mm -hmm. okay? Fear is created from that. So, how do we get rid of fear? We become knowledgeable. When we become knowledgeable, we become more confident. Mm -hmm. And when we become more confident, fear can't live in a, in a confident environment. Yep. So, there is no more fear. You see? And fear, as fear is a habit, confidence is also a so it becomes a choice. So as a network marketer, learn your product. Learn the great stuff that your product can do. Get into it. Get excited about it. Mm -hmm. Get passionate about it. And you see, when you do that, people will come to you. You're like a magnet. You'll yeah. draw those people to you. And then all of a sudden, you know, you'll get one guy who will say, 
holy man, this is great stuff. And he'll take it and he'll zoom with it. Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to get people along the way that are going to do dip their toes in. So what are you selling? Are you selling product? Are you selling confidence, knowledge, understanding, which comes back to what you and I were talking about in the very, very beginning. This comes down to understanding. Yeah. Not understanding your customer, understanding you. Because it's ultimately all about you. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I've been saying this on the show for years now. It, by the time this epi- episode comes out, we're going to be over 200 episodes. And I, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> in 200 yeah. episodes I've said the business is not about the product. The business is not about the company. The you are people buy from you because it's you. People people don't go and buy from Target. No, you know they don't go. You know what I mean? Like they choose to go there because it's convenient, or they go to Amazon because it's convenient. It's not because they know someone at Amazon, but as soon as they know you, as soon as they know the products and your passion for the outcome oh, of yeah. those products. It's so much easier to help them make an educated buying decision. We're not going to sell them, educate them about it so that they, you can figure out what they're going to be passionate about. Because if your company has 400 products, and let me tell you the number of people who come to me and they're like, oh, yeah, I've got the greatest company. We've got 400 products. I'm like, oh, good luck selling all those. You're like the Sears catalog. It's overwhelming. And I just showed my age now because I talked about the Sears <laughs> catalog. But you know what I mean? Like it's absolutely it's overwhelming to have that much. But when you have a certain number of products, you know, that you are absolutely in love with, those are the ones you're going to sell the most anyway. Absolutely. And you know what? And that's what I'm saying is that you don't have to sell everything. Yeah. You don't have to sell it all. All you have to do is sell the stuff that you're really into. Yeah. But you get to know what the product is and what it does and how it reacts to you. If it makes you feel good. Yeah. Because I think here's an, an idea that everybody can get the, you know, you ever got to a party and you see this guy sitting over in the corner and he's sitting there all by himself he's miserable. Yeah. Like he just doesn't want to be there. Yep. Okay. Now you may be one of those women who turn around and go over to get you feel sorry for them. <laughs> and nobody wants to be around them. Right. Because we're at a party and it's supposed to be fun. Yep. Okay. Now on the opposite side of the room, you see this guy and he's rust nice. He stands tall. He feels good. Mm-hmm. And everybody's crowding around him because they all want to hear what he asked that. Yeah. Okay. He's a magnet for those people. Mm. He's a magnet. And this is where magnetism comes from. Yeah. Okay. You can repel your customer if you choose. Or you can draw them to you if you choose. But it is your up to you to do it. So when people turn around and they'll say things, they, people say dumb things like, um, well, I had no choice. 
Of course, you had a choice. Yeah. Every decision you ever made has a choice. Yeah. Sometimes it's good and bad. Sometimes it's bad and bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you've got to pick the one that maybe isn't the, the worst. Right. The lesser of the two evils. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But there's always a choice. Mm-hmm. So when you turn around and, and, and we've done this because our parents did. And they did it because of a lack of understanding on their behalf, because they were taught by their parents who know less than we do. Yeah. Okay. We people have to take responsibility, not for what they do, but for who they are. Mm. Who they are. You know, well, you know what? My life sucks. My life is terrible. Yeah, you're right. It is. Your choice. You made the choice. Yep. Okay. And, and again, I don't want to talk about people that have got depression and medical right. issues. Right. But all of that stuff starts by creating a habit. Yeah. And and I want to take this and 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 move this into the social media space too, because. People who tell me, oh, my gosh, social media is so negative. No, it's not. My my social media isn't negative. You know why? People who say their social media is negative, it's because you've trained your algorithm. That's right. To focus on the negative. You've engaged with negative posts. You've engaged with the trolls. You've engaged with the, the people of the opposite political spectrum of you and gotten into fights with them because the more you comment, the more Facebook goes, oh, you want more like that. Okay. And it shows you more of that crap when you engage. Oh my gosh. When you engage with the positive posts, like comment on the positive posts, quit commenting on the negative ones. You train your algorithm and And the same is true for your life. Look, and that's exactly it. It, don't worry about the algorithm of Facebook. Be mm-hmm. more concerned about your algorithm. And it's funny. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, bring it, please. Okay. So I'm about 18 years old. I'm still in, in I'm still in, uh, I think, second year college in Toronto. And um, a friend of mine says to me, he says, hey, Randy, he says, do you want to go to uh, go to a, uh, uh, an event? I said, okay, what kind of event? He says, well, we're going to go see a motivator. I said, what's a motivator? He said, you know, a guy that might kind of motivate yeah. to do stuff. Well, it was a Friday night. I didn't have anything to do. Well, I probably did have homework to do, but I didn't want to do that. We decided to go to the Skyline Hotel in Toronto. Okay. So this room probably fed about maybe 200, maybe 300. And uh, there was a big stage up front. That we were one of the first people to get there. So I got seats right down front. Anyways. By the time the whole thing started, it was maybe, I don't know, maybe 30 people in the room. Oh, wow. I, the whole place was just that. Yeah. So the guy comes out on the stage. And he goes, you know, he says, uh, I just started doing these in Toronto. He says, uh, he said, would you mind if I went through my whole thing with you? And I said, sure. So it's me and my friend. We're sitting there. And he goes through it. And he goes through this whole thing introduces who he is, blah, blah, blah. And I really enjoyed it. It was really good. So the guy comes down after everything was over and people had already left. So even the few that were there, some of them had already gone. 
And uh, he comes down and he shakes my hand and he says, uh, I'm Bob Proctor. <gasps> and uh, he said, can we, I said, can you sit down for a minute? He said, yeah. He says, so my friend, he said to me, he said, look, he says, I got to go. And uh, this was about 11 o'clock. I said, well, I'm going to stick around. Yeah. And he said, okay. So off he goes. And I didn't know Bob Crockett. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. So that transpired into a 40-year friendship. Oh. And uh, God rest his soul, Bob died last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very upset. Still very upset about that. Yeah. And, uh, but over the years, you know, Bob and I, we periodic another we would get together when i'm in toronto he's in toronto and um because he'd always doing a lot of traveling and um but i can tell you that he was probably one of the greatest influences in my life mm. and that led me to engagements with uh uh zig ziglar uh jim Rowling, what's his name uh neil uh earl nightingale oh gosh. Right in 1985 Wow. You know, the one thing in common that these people all teach is that it's all about you. You have to decide who you are. Mm. Okay. And we, when you make that decision, if, if you're a happy person, I'm coming back to what we we're talking about about social media. Yeah. You know, when it comes to social media, people think, well, I'm going to post. Okay. You know, Bob told me one time, he said, Randy, he says, get at your cell phone. And I said, okay. He says, look at your cell phone. And he says, and the people that the top, you're most like the top five people on your phone. So I looked at my phone and I could see my mother was on there and I had a friend that was on there. And I, this, these are the five people that I talked to the most. Mm -hmm. And as it turned out, it was really quite interesting that all of these five people were real negative people. Ooh. Which it really got me to have a look at who I, because I'd become that kind of person. Mm. So I immediately went to my phone and I called each one of them and I said, look, I said, you know, I'm going to remove you out by, and I really don't want you to call me anymore. And I didn't do that with my mother. Right. Like, <laughs> I, you know what? She was very set in her ways. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of pushed her to the back yeah, as much as I could, okay? And I would go up and see her like maybe once every couple of months or something like that. But right. the point was that I replaced those people with great people, really funny people, really happy people, really people that were on the same wavelength as me. Yeah. Okay? And... Just because the guy sponsored you into a, into a business doesn't make him the right person for you. You need to find that right person. Okay? Yeah. You need to find five of them. Just five people. Five people that, you know why? That when you pick up the phone, they're encouraging. They're happy that you talk to you. That they are not people that turn around and say, oh, hi, Jenny. Oh, yeah, thanks for calling. And, uh, Oh, do you know what happened today? My daughter did this, and my friends did that, and, uh, and somebody said this. Uh, you know what? 
those Ugh. people will drain you dry. Yep. So Bob said to me, take those people off, get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And focus on people that are going to be on the same emotional journey as you are. Yeah. And you know what? I did. And uh, and that's how I found my, my wife. Aww. And I'll tell you something. I, uh, I was married when I was young. And I lived with another lady for 20 years. But when I met this woman, I had never experienced love like I had experienced it with her. Aww. And that was 14 years ago. And I'll tell you, my life has changed. I, I know it sounds corny, eh? No, I love it. No, be emotional, Grandy. Be oh, emotional. Yeah. It's good. Because that right there, it, those are the kinds of stories. I mean, I mean, that's that's my love story. You know, the, the person I'm with now, totally, totally oh. has, has shifted so much in my life for well, the better. It, and it's like an escalation. And I can say that because I'm 64 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, the first lady, I, at first, my first wife, I thought, oh, wow, she's really great. Yeah. Okay. Until I met the girl that came after. And I thought, oh, she's way better than that one. Yeah. Okay. Until I met this. And then, yeah. oh, my God. It just changed. She, Lori has changed my life. Oh, you know, anyway, I, but everybody should have that story, right? Everybody should have that story. So if your story is, I have a okay job. Okay. Quit. <laughs> Go find a job that you're going to love. Yes. You know, if you're with a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend and they're just okay, quit. Mm -hmm. Quit. Okay, you know, when it comes to the end of your life, you're going to leave here with two things, the experiences you had and the emotions in your pocket. Mm. Okay, all the money, all the house, all the girlfriends, all the boyfriends, all the kids, all the, everything else is going to belong to somebody else. Yep. And the only person you have to be responsible for in this life is you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be responsible for your spouse's happiness. You don't have to be responsible for your, your, your cat's happiness right behind you. <laughs> okay? Although she looks very happy. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be responsible for anybody else. Right. So when you, when you leave this world, it's the experiences that you've had. Mm. It's the memories. Those are the things that are going to count. And what kind of a person have you been? Have you been a great person? Yeah. Have you been a loving person? Have you been a caring person? Have you given to others? Or have you been, I don't know if I can say this. Oh, have say you whatever you want. Asshole? <laughs> or have you Bring. been an asshole? Have you been a prick? And if that's the case. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But either way. This is the things that affect your life. Yeah. Be the person that you want to be. Everybody in the world wants to be happy. Can we agree? I, oh, yes. Everybody wants it. 
happy here. They're, what they're willing two, to do for it is a whole factors. other thing. <laughs> there are two factors involved. Uh-huh. One, everybody wants to be happy. Now, that being said, some people are happy in their own misery. True. Okay. And that's their problem. Yep. Okay. The second factor is everybody wants what everybody else has. But it's those things that they have that don't bring happy. Okay. So we replace happiness with things. It's like turning around and saying, Jenny, I, I love, you, okay? Mm-hmm. But you say it, but you don't, it's a label. Yeah. It's a label. We hand out labels. Jenny, I love, you. but there's no feeling. Right. So we do this with people all the time. Oh, you know what? I love you. Oh, I love you. They're labels. Yeah. Where love is not a label, it's a feeling. Yes. Learn to replace your labels with feeling. And when you do that, your life will change. But if you want to continue to, to utilize labels, well, labels don't have any. Mm. So when, you, when somebody says to you, oh, Jenny, I love you, and then you say, oh, I love you too. It's a label. Yeah. The only person who knows whether it's a real, whether it's a label or not, is you. And probably the person you're saying. Right. Depending on all of the cues that they have to go along with it. Because when you really feel something, it comes across in your tone, in your pitch. It comes across in your body <laughs> language. You know? It's there's like a-, a stink. Oh, yeah. You can smell it on somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. And every human being on this planet can feel that. Yep. When somebody says to you, I love you, and they say, I love you back. Okay. And we've all experienced somebody will say, Well, I love you too. And you turn around, yeah. No, you do don't. you really? Yeah. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> okay. Do you really? Boy, I don't I don't know if I like that kind of love. <laughs> you know, exactly right. And every human being has felt that. Mm-hmm. How does this relate to social media? Yeah. Being the person that you want to be and yep. fake it till you make it. Okay. Just keep being that positive influence. Just keep being that happy person. Just keep being that joyful, energetic person. When somebody calls you and they're not feeling bad when they're, and they're feeling bad, make them feel good. Yeah. Okay, like that's the key with with network marketing, selling, marketing, social media, websites, all of that. Same thing, right? You know, websites. It's all about you know we go to websites every day, and what are they like? They're they all do the same thing. Look at me, look at me. Yep. Okay, buy from me, buy from me. Mm-hmm. Okay, same thing. They don't infuse their emotion and their, their love because everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to feel love. Yep. And when you put, when you infuse love into your business, oh, fuck, man, it just changes everything. Oh, amen to that. I can, oh, I could talk to you about this forever, but, you know, we both have places to be and other things to do, so... Randy, this has been 
so great. So great because it, it's, it has. it's not just been a masterclass in marketing, emotional marketing. It's been a masterclass in life because what I want to point out to the person who is still listening right now, if you've heard all of this, it's because the universe said you needed to hear it right now. Yeah, man. There was a reason you were meant to listen to this episode all the way through because you needed to hear something in this. So what I want you to do is reach out to me, reach out to Randy. Randy, if someone wants to learn more about you and what you do in this emotional marketing, fearless marketing that you do, how can they reach out to you? Okay. So you can reach out to me on all the social media channels. Best one's probably Facebook. Perfect. Um, look me up under Fearless Marketer. You can look up Randy Green. I'm the handsome guy with the hat. And um, <laughs> We'll put the uh, link in the show notes. Don't yeah. worry. We, we got you. Um, you can also reach out to me by email at randy at fearlessmarketer.com. Or, you know what? Get my phone number. Call me. You know what? I answer my phone calls. Answer my emails. I answer my text messages. If somebody needs my help, just call me. I'm happy to help you. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh, I love this. Randy, you are absolutely fabulous. I am so glad we got connected to have you here on the show. This has uh, been just what I needed because we're recording this on a Friday afternoon. I'm like, this is the perfect way to end my week. I love it. Oh yeah, love me it. too. Oh man, this has been fabulous. So Randy, I, I truly, truly appreciate you. Thank you for being here and thank you for offering your, your experience, wisdom and time with us. Oh, my pleasure. And Jenny, I got one last question for you. Sure. Are you going to invite me back? Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. This is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Oh, absolutely. I For love sure. it. Oh, my gosh, because I know we could take all of this and move into the next the next level. Absolutely. So, Randy, thank you again. I so appreciate you. And Badass Crew, you know, check the show notes for Randy's Facebook link so you can get to the right Randy Crane, because I imagine you are not the only one in the <laughs> no, I'm not the only one. <laughs> so make sure you get to the right one. We've got the link in the show notes. And if this is your first time listening to the show and you're you're sitting there asking yourself show notes, what are show notes? All you have to do is grab your phone as long as you're not driving. Click on today's episode. Go under Randy's picture and you will see all of the show notes there. The episode notes are right there, including the links to Randy's social media pages, his phone number, his email, all of that's going to be there. Choose the way that you want to reach out to Randy and let him know you heard him on the Badass Direct Sales Mastery podcast with that crazy chick with purple hair. <laughs> I love your purple hair, by the way. I wish I could get purple hair like Oh, well, we can make the hair that you do have purple. It is doable. <laughs> So thank you so much. I so appreciate you. And Badass Crew, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there is another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.